Hey there, welcome to another episode of The Walk. It's another gorgeous day. It's such a pleasure to record this show <laughs> on days like these. It is still sunny, feels like springtime. There's a cat here, a black, white cat, lying against the side of this uh, farm here on the left, clearly bathing in the warmth of the sun. And, uh, and it's only the beginning of March. I, uh, I think it's extraordinary. <laughs> now, this is not going to last because uh, I think uh, starting tomorrow, the weather will turn a little bit. We get some rain and the temperatures are going to drop. So we're going to go below freezing point again tomorrow. Uh, but in the weekend, I think we still will have quite a bit of sun. And I have to say the sun makes a huge difference. Everything looks so more, so much more friendly, and uh, it's a joy to wake up. Another thing that I love is that now when I wake up in the morning, the sun is already rising. If there's anything that I <laughs> that I don't like, it is being up before the sun is up. So yeah, good times. Good times also is a little bit of the kind of the 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 gist of this podcast in the sense that I want to uh, talk a little bit more about the incredibly fast-changing uh, events in my, in my own life and how that affects me personally. Um, and it's nothing new because I've been talking about this for weeks and you know that I was looking for a new home um, that I'll have to move in a couple of weeks from now, which is still... I know that intellectually, I know that it has to be done from an organizational point of view. Um, I'm really uh, making sure that I'm ready to make that big move. But mentally, that's a whole other story. I'm, I notice how much I still um, am processing the, the change and what happened and, and also I try have to deal with a bit of anxiety about what is coming next and I know and I keep telling myself it's going to be fine uh, you're going to adapt and it may very well be that a year from now you'll look back on this time and you think oh my gosh I was so nervous about about the future and look at where I'm now I'm this is so much better than I could have ever uh, thought back then it always is like that when I was still in my first parish I was uh, at one point overworked and I had to step back and I was clearly uh, dealing with a burnout, which I did not re recognize at the time. And I felt miserable and it was so terrible. A year later, I'm in Rome and I'm studying communications and I am so happy. And like every day is a feast to be there. And uh, later on, when I'm back in the Netherlands, I, 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 all of a sudden I'm working in television and I'm realizing dreams that I literally never ever expected to become true even though as a child it was one of the career choices that seemed uber cold to me to like be a director and, and and make movies and stuff but never ever had i thought that after becoming a priest that would be part of my life so life constantly gives you these surprising turns and uh, and oftentimes before that happens before these surprises occur you have a certain expectation and you kind of want that to happen 
it's like we we were pretty um, uh, attached to our version of of the future, but when you when you're totally honest and you look back, like a lot of the big positive changes in your life were unexpected, and you did not uh, completely plan them, and sometimes you had to step away from something to enable this new future to uh, occur and that is very much the situation that I'm currently in Uh, on my regular show I talked about the concept of divine providence which is something you see throughout the Bible where it's basically this encouragement that people trust trust God that God is um, so much bigger than we are uh, has an overview of the past, the present, and the future, and is also involved in our history. He's not just looking at us like we are watching something on Netflix, but God is constantly guiding us and, 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 and helping the world, helping creation, helping us to fulfill our part in His plan. So. The world that God created is not static. It is, uh, it's journeying. That is how the catechism of the Catholic Church puts it. And I love that term because if there's anything that fits at least my life and also what I love to do and what makes me happy, it's journeying. It's traveling. Even if it's just a short walk like today, I love being outside. I love here uh, leaving the highway and the noise of the cars behind turning to the right, following this little path uh, in between these two uh, grassy fields. It's still a little bit too cold for cows, but I, I bet you that uh, in a month from now there will be sheep and lambs uh, running around here. You do see the birds already coming back from faraway places and start building their nests. I just love discovering and every time I undertake a journey or a short walk I see new things and nature is constantly also changing and evolving and and uh, surprising me Um, what what just happened and I, I I apologize if I if you've already listened to my other weekly shows and you're listening to this afterwards but um I just received note that there is another apartment that becomes available very very soon and I wasn't counting on that apartment at all I I had looked at it briefly but um, I was told that it's very unlikely that the current inhabitant will leave it anytime soon Um, but if you know that would happen and uh, they'd notify me which happened yesterday and the same day already that's how fast it went I went to take a look and I was really pleased with what I saw and also with uh, the possibilities the most important aspect of this of this option is um, that I could move in right away so I don't have to put my stuff in storage I don't have to stay with friends or family for two or three months but I can just move my stuff. It's not that far away. It's about half an hour, just like the other apartment from where I currently live. But I can start moving already 
in uh, even probably even before April. Um, and the current people that are in that house say, well, you just bring your furniture here, we'll put it in storage and uh, no fuzz. You know, we're moving out, so we don't really care that much if you already uh, put your stuff here. So I'm like, wow. And, and another advantage is um, it's the entire um, apartment is available. So it's not just the upper floor, like in, in the first option that I had. On the other hand, it's, um, it's in really big need of, uh, of refurbishing and a lot of the, uh, of the apartment has not been renovated since the, I would say the 60s of last century. And so um, it's certainly not up to date, especially you know, things like toilet and shower. Whoa, that is, <laughs> I mean, of course it works, but that's that's about it, and the kitchen is uh, is really from a different era. Um, now, there's nothing against vintage, but especially a kitchen also has to be functional. So <laughs> it it requires quite a bit of work. So it's not super to super, you know, like uh, the, the, a dream come true. But I can see in my dreams what it could become if you spend a few months. Uh, painting the walls and this, uh, uh, redoing the like the ceilings are still made out of this softboard stuff, which is today I I think it's even forbidden to use that in uh, in apartments because it is extremely flammable. And if you combine that with old electricity, the possibility of uh, uh, short circuiting or anything, those ceilings have to be renewed, and that's everywhere in the apartment on both floors. So oof, that is going to be quite an investment, both time-wise and maybe also financially, but it's a one-time investment. Another thing that I really liked about this apartment, which sets it apart from the, the current one that I'm in talks with, is uh, it has a garden. And well, you know how much I love to be outside and to be, you know, in nature and uh, uh, the, 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 the first apartment that I was considering up until this moment was great, it was wonderful, and the people are wonderful there too, and the environment is beautiful, but it's still on the first floor. And the entire house is surrounded by basically stone, by, by concrete parking, pl parking lots, and uh, it's easy to get into nature. You can take a walk and then you're out in, on the countryside, and there you know, plenty of opportunities to uh, to enjoy uh, the surroundings. But what I appreciate of the place where I currently live is that I can just, you know, step out of my uh, sunroom and I'm in I'm in, a, in this beautiful backyard of the of the parish with the trees and the grass and the birds. Yeah, I'm not going to miss these birds that are currently in my backyard because they're so loud and noisy. But um, but I love to have uh, an, uh, the ability to walk outside. Um, and well, this new opportunity or this, this new possibility definitely offers that. And uh, well, there's some other advantages too. So uh, anyway, I was like this yesterday morning, I was so surprised. I, like I thought I was definitely going to move to that first apartment. And we'd already set things in motion, although they still were 
making an inventory of everything that had to be renovated and from the looks of it because they kept us very well informed it would still be a considerable investment to make that um, suitable for um, for for uh, uh, to, to rent out as an apartment so and it was probably not going to be very cheap but anyway it's it's, it's for that location probably a good investment anyway because it's just such a shame to uh, have like a, f a full upper uh, floor of a rectory that you don't rent out uh, it's just empty and doesn't generate income and uh, and it's a, it's a beautiful location so anyway but this is in, in many ways even better and when I was explaining uh, divine providence um, from a theological point of view, I said, it, the funny thing is, it's all about this bigger plan that God has. And almost automatically I thought, well, that bigger plan, of course, it's so big and it spans thousands, ten thousands, millions of years, if you look at the age of creation. Um, you know, do I really count in that plan? You know, what are my little worries? My life is just a blip on eternity's radar how can god possibly be involved in my little worries so i've, I've always been struggling with this idea of divine providence is it, is it maybe just us kind of retrofitting reality around a religious concept if you see what i mean like we want we want there to be uh, a a god that that takes care of us and is involved in the minutiae of our lives. But we just reinterpret, we tell a story about the events that happened to us to make it fit with that theological concept. That is often how people that are not religious approach religion and explain it also. Not always in a negative way, but kind of like this is just what people do. They, their brain makes, uh, create stories so that things make sense even though they don't in reality and they compare it to us looking at the clouds when we were young and then seeing an elephant whereas to be honest it's just what drops of water <laughs> so there is no elephant from so I sometimes have these doubts like am I just making this up this whole divine providence yeah maybe on a this world level um, sure it's kind of easier to believe that somehow the universe makes sense and goes into a certain direction. But what about the little things of my life? And what surprised me in studying this a little bit is that a catechism says, well, the Bible, throughout the Bible, you see that God is not just involved in the big picture, but he's also taking care of very particular situations. And these stories that we read in the Bible, both in the Old Testament as well as in the Gospels, and in the letters of the apostles is all about a God that sets himself apart by the fact that he has care for the details and that there is no one outside of his loving reach which to me is becomes understandable if you compare it with with parents and their kids you know if you have a, a toddler who first learns to speak a few words or to eat uh, or something that approaches eating by themselves. As a parent, you couldn't be more proud, and you're not saying they're, 
you know, I'll, I'll come back in five years and see if there's some real progress because seriously, only three words and the first one is not even daddy. <laughs> oh, here's an enthusiastic dog, glad to be outside, <laughs> running after a pink ball. <laughs> so, so um, the uh, the if if you, if you take it seriously that Jesus tells us to call God Father, and that God is like a father, only in a perfect way, in a certain way. Then, then if God is a parent, then of course he cares for all of his children and, and also for the small ones that don't mean much to the economy or to world history. You don't care, it's your kid. And, and if you apply that to God, and that's, I think, what is beautiful about Catholic theology. It's all about, you know, if you want to learn about God, look at the world around you because they are pointing to who God is. God is not just unknowable, uh, above our categories. Uh, Jesus says it's, it's easy to understand even for children. Um, and I think he means by that, by naming children, it's this, like a child understands what a parent is. And so that teaches you something about, let's say the prototype of all parents, the, 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 the origin of parenthood, which is God the Father. Literally, he's father. So God is a parent. It's in his entire being. And so, and, and the, the care for detail and the love that he has for every one of his children, every moment of the day is comparable to what parents feel for their children. It's not so hard to understand. And maybe that is why um, some critics of Christianity don't know how to deal with that because it sounds so almost too small. But that is maybe a reflection of our own attitude toward things that you only count when you're economically viable. You only count if you uh, deliver, if you, you, you are the best, if you're number one, if you're, if you're <laughs> famous and all that. God doesn't care about that. He loves us regardless of our place in history or the, or the, the, the duration of our lives. And there is something beautiful in that. So, from that perspective, maybe God is taking care of the details as well. Um, Pope Francis has a statue in his bedroom. He's got a very uh, sober bedroom, so he doesn't live in the big palace that you see on the right side of the of Vatican Square. On the, he lives in, a, in an apartment building on the left side. It's still a beautiful beautiful building, like in a typical Italian palace, palazzo style, but the interior is, is pretty sober, the simple rooms, and for, for one reason or another, all these Italian houses or monasteries kind of look the same. They've got walls that are completely, there's no structure on the walls, there's no wallpaper. It's always painted in this kind of eh, almost yellow, yellow, uh, white, um, so it's very off-white for some reason, and it's extremely barren. And they, they, as much as I admire Italian art and and architecture, their interior design nowadays is really, really bad, and it doesn't feel cozy at all. I'm, I'm reading this book about uh, 
the Danish hygge, uh, <laughs> which is a, a word that is not, you can't translate it. And it all has to do with this, what, what the people in Denmark love about burning candles and creating a cozy, safe atmosphere, making things small, spending, you know, time with surrounding yourself with nice, nice and warm things. And, and, and even the color of the light is important. So they burn candles because candles have a, a flame, has a very uh, warm color. It's almost yellow. Whereas daylight, and even worse, flashlight on, on cameras, is, is very bright and very cold. It's much bluer in color. Um, and <laughs> for some reason, if you go to palaces and offices in the Vatican, it's always these, this, this weird color in the rooms. There are no cozy lights. There is nothing on the walls, just usually bookshelves and the occasional beautiful painting in itself. But the, the world that you see in a painting looks so much cooler than the, the most of the houses or the, the, the apartments in the Vatican. Uh, unless, of course, you walk into the beautifully painted uh, hallways and everything. But most of the rooms are simple. So anyway. Pope Francis lives in this very simple bedroom that could just be part of a, a, a B&B in, in, the, in the heart of Rome. There's nothing luxurious about it. No TV, there's no, yeah, not even a painting, I think. But he's got this one statue next to his bed on a table side. And it's a statue of St. Joseph sleeping. So it's Joseph laying on his side. You sometimes see this in nativity scenes where Joseph is taking a nap after probably having... <laughs> been awake all night long because Jesus was crying all night long. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. But so Joseph is just laying there on his side. And Pope Francis ha um, has often told that if he worries about something and it can be big or small, he writes it down on a small piece of paper, he folds it up, and he puts it under the side of St. Joseph. So for him, it's an expression of <clears throat> whatever happens in my life, whatever people want from me, whatever I'm struggling with, I'm just going to bring this to Joseph, who is the you know, chosen to be the father of Jesus. And yet, he takes time to, to nap as well. He sleeps as well. He's got so much more faith in God than I have. If he can sleep on it, I can sleep on it. And maybe when I sleep, Joseph in heaven will bring this to the attention of God the Father. It is a, it's a ritual, of course, but, I th and, but it's a beautiful symbol of who God wants to be for us. He wants to be like Joseph, who, who, who comforts Mary and who comforts Jesus, telling them it's going to be okay. I'm going to take care of you. Don't be afraid. I'm here for you. And don't worry about uh, the people that persecute us. I'll bring you to Egypt. I'll make sure that we're safe. That is a reflection of God the Father himself, who constantly, when we are anxious and we're losing faith and we're panicking, wants to whisper in our ear, don't worry, I'm here. I'm your father. I'm going to take care of you. And then I struggle with that. I'm like, but who am I that you take care of me? Maybe a bit like what Mary says to the angel when she's visited. It's like, but I'm just a handmaiden of the Lord. <laughs> or what Elizabeth tells Mary. You can tell that their family, you know, 
who am I that the mother of my Savior comes to me <laughs> and visits me? It's this surprise that God is taking care of us at unexpected moments and in unexpected ways. Well, to me, this is this, the offer of the second apartment, the friendliness, the speed with which this came together. And now that I've seen it, I'm thinking, this, is, this would be so wonderful. It's almost too good to be true. So again, I'm, I'm starting to doubt. I was like, oh, they're probably going to call me up tomorrow and say, well, yeah, yeah, we know that we offered this to you, but uh, we thought about it in a second time, and nah, it's, no, it's not happening. And then maybe the other location will say, well, hey, we, we made a calculation of all the costs for renovation, and it's actually way too expensive, and the diocese uh, has to get involved at these, with these amounts of, of money involved, and they don't want to, us to, uh, to, to put it in place. And then I'm back where I was without a home. <laughs> it's totally irra irrational, but it's, it's kind of the, the other side of this surprise that, well, who am I? That all of a sudden, after some very, very difficult months, these good things happen and people are so kind and warm. And it's so God is not only right now taking care of the big worry that I had to be a homeless priest <laughs> and, and all the consequences of that, but he's even taking care of the of of my wounds of the scars of what happened over the past months and how much that has hurt me and um, in a certain way made me lose my faith in some people and encountering um, other other people that are the opposite of some things that I've that I've had to endure and it, it's healing it is so comforting I tell people now I'm I'm way more open in that respect than I used to be well, I just tell them it's so heartwarming to see that you want to help me and I mean it it's it's not just uh, because I want them to uh, to, re to rent me this place but it is even if it doesn't come through I and for some reason, things are going to change anyway. What remains is this kindness that is so healing and it's helping me to, um, to, have, to have faith and to put things in perspective. And to always see that, that everywhere you have people that maybe act out of pain out of things that happened to them, trauma, people that lash out, and it, when it hurts, the more it hurts, the more you tend to, to slap back and to get angry and to, if you, if you encounter aggression, then the natural reaction is, I'm gonna hit back. And it, I've noticed how difficult it is, even as a priest, even if you know better, how difficult it is to do better, to, to be better than the people that hurt you. Because you don't know, you often don't know the entire story. I do, well, you have, from a limited point of view, of course you, can, you are able to judge a situation and is this, you know, is this good what happens or is this, is this not good? And sometimes you really have to push back 
when you feel that this is not the right thing. So that's what I did. But even then, you don't truly know why sometimes things happen, why people behave in a certain way. And you don't even know if your perception of what happens matches reality or matches their reality. They may do things that from your point of view are hurting and are painful, but maybe from their perspective, they don't even see it that way. They, they don't notice that, they don't know it, or maybe they have reasons that you don't know to do what they did. Anyway, long story short, encountering friendliness, kindness, willingness to help, um, and in a certain way, providence, where, where things come together and then you get this first home where it's like, wow, I could have never thought that this, would, this, that this option would, would present itself so quickly and the people are so enthusiastic. And the second, let me turn to right here. Uh, and, then, and then yesterday you got this second option that is even better. And that is literally too good to be true. And I'm waiting for, uh, for an official confirmation that that is indeed an option that I can afford and that will happen. And I still can't believe it. That would be so amazing. And it's a total surprise. Now, what, what I notice is that there is this different, this speed difference between my mind and my heart and maybe also my faith. So things are sometimes changing so rapidly that it's as if you're on a speedboat and you're very agile and you can go left and right and then there's this big wave and then we'll go around it and it's all speed and action. And you have to steer very quickly. That's how I felt like constantly there's a new, it, things are, again changing in a way that I did not predict. So you're constantly mentally rethinking and readjusting your expectations. But then there's also this deeper feeling that's much more like an oil tanker and is sometimes still dealing with things that happened a few months ago and is not at all ready for you know these big changes and 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 it takes much more time to process so i've i've kind of been surprised by myself that i thought at one point you know it is what it is let's turn the page let's focus on the positive and i shared that that on this podcast as well and and it's it's real it's real i sometimes really feel like okay let's not mourn too much let's not wish for the situation to be like it was because there's no way back. Let's move ahead. But at times, this <laughs> frustration about what happened and this un, un this it, whoa, look at that, a peacock right in front of me, walking towards me. I wonder if that belongs to this farm here. No, that's not even a farm, it's just a house. It's a big peacock. Oh, it's walking past me here beautiful blue color and now it's whoa it's flying did you hear that so it's flying over the road fortunately there was not much traffic 
flying back to that farm on the other side of the road. Because I didn't even know that peacocks could fly. I thought the wings were just for show. Where did he go? I can't really tell. He flew into that garden over there, which there's this big hedge, uh, so I can't really see where he landed. But wow. Okay, new, new discovery. <laughs> Peacocks can fly. Um, so at times, this, this frustration would completely grab me, and I, I'd, be, I'd feel angry and disappointed and, and, and miserable and depressed. And then I'd sleep over it, and the next day, yeah, oh well. So it's, it's giving myself... <laughs> I have to learn to give myself permission to also take time to process things. I cannot will myself, well, of course I can will myself to switch the framing and to reframe things and, and, and give different words to the, to the situation. And that the more you do that, the easier it gets. So I'm already much more able to quickly change direction and readjust my expectations um, and, and put myself, even switch moods so when I feel depressed, tell myself, you know what? I can change this right now. I can choose to feel differently. And I can do things like going for a walk. I did that a lot. When I was feeling these, these moments of frustration and sadness and anger, I often just went for a walk. And I know that that puts me in a different, that physically, mentally, it changes me. And it helps me to deal with things. But. I, I still am an oil tanker on that, in that respect. And um, when I was looking at the new house yesterday, I, at the same time, the oil tanker in me was like, but we were heading for this other apartment and now you're changing course. And uh, you have to be really careful that it also in how you communicate your own feelings in this respect. So I can get very enthusiastic about something and that is perceived by others often like, oh, he's going for it and this is a deal. And then, but that's just how I am. I'm always enthusiastic about new things, but I also know that things can, can change quickly and then I get enthusiastic about something else. That is for project planning, sometimes very, very difficult to handle. And so I've learned over time to plan things, to kind of stick with one focus, not go with every single new idea. In this case, however, this is about my imminent future. And the choice of an apartment is pretty important on what I can and what I can do. Uh, and how it will affect my personal life, my life as a priest, my ability to be a priest for others. So one of, one of the issues that I was dealing with is if I go to this first apartment, yes, there is a, there's a nice church next to it, but that church may no longer be part of the parish in the future, I don't know, uh, because there are so many churches in that parish. So it could very well be that I'm, in a few years' time, I'm living next to a church that is no longer uh, owned by the church or has a new, a new uh, what is it, a new purpose. What am I gonna do with the International Mass? <laughs> in this new situation, I think that there is a solution for the International Mass and one that is pretty solid. And, and one that can actually help elevate 
that international mass to and to a, 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 a even higher quality and it's going to have I don't know I see a potential that I don't see with the first apartment so it really does make a difference and for me that has to factor in the, into the choice that I make so I'm very glad that I with everything I kind to uh, I, when I was speaking with people always be very clear things are changing rapidly sometimes it can change like that there are multiple um, uh, people involved and also in the first case of the first apartment the diocese is going to be involved they will also have to green light this renovation and that's a factor that I cannot control nor can they so even though you may have a good feeling about it and you want to get going also keep in mind that things may change all of a sudden and it may not be what we now think it's going to be so i did not know that this new apartment would suddenly be offered to me but it could also very well be that the second deal is not going to happen and then i have to revert back to the first idea but can you imagine how mentally i i love to kind of focus on the future but I also would love to visualize it so for weeks now I'm kind of trying to visualize my life in that first apartment and I was going over all the various aspects so how am I going to do that with my equipment it's not a big apartment there are only a few rooms available so I'll have to combine rooms uh, and maybe even make one room multifunctional where it's both the place where I record uh, uh, my YouTube videos, maybe with a green screen, and then also the podcast stuff, and maybe I have to cram in a TV as well. So there's, I, and I like that. I like the puzzle of how can I make the most out of that available space. In, in the other house, since this is like the full apartment, it is two floors, so there's no problem there. The rooms are quite small, but. <laughs> <laughs> the advantage is there are multiple rooms. So it's much easier, for instance, to make a special room for podcasting where everything can just stay there. And uh, I can make another room that is just for video editing, which requires other equipment. And I can just leave it there. And it won't be in the way. And I don't have to come up with all sorts of nifty constructions to combine all this. So anyway, it's this, this now... <laughs> like trying to, to visualize what what if I'm gonna go for the second apartment what is that it's a totally different environment it's a different part of the Netherlands um, I almost want to stop myself from visualizing it too much because maybe this will change as well maybe there's gonna be another thing that all of a sudden happens and so the oil tanker in me is like, um, okay, full stop. <laughs> I'm just not going. Since we don't know what the direction is going to be, let's just slow down even more. And, uh, and that's, that's not good either. At one point, I just want to move on. And uh, so it's, it, this is where the virtue of patience is, is super important. And again, uh, reveals itself to be very difficult. Uh, as a virtue, it's easy to say you have, you need to be patient to someone else. But if you, if it's all about your immediate future, and this is all about something that needs to happen between now and April the first, 
it's really tough to be patient. I want things to be clear, but it isn't. And well, the, the, the way in which I can be patient or what helps me to be patient is coming back full circle is the idea of divine providence. Is this, this experience, because it's more than just intellectual knowledge. It's something that you, when, once you experience it, you have to tell yourself, this is divine providence. This is a sign that God takes care of me. Well, the fact that two solutions uh, uh, suddenly appeared when I needed them the most, the fact that I've now encountered two groups of people that are receiving me with so much warmth and so much benevolence and, and readiness to, uh, to make sure that I have a solution, um, that is way more than I ever expected. And it, is, and it feels like something that heals me and, and gives me patience and help, or helps me to have patience and to trust that things are going to go in the right direction and God is actually taking care of me uh, regardless of, uh, of what happened. So, that's what I wanted to share with you. I'm back at the rectory. It is still officially my day of recovery, uh, which I really need with everything that happens in my life. So, uh, after I'm done uploading this recording, I am going to play a little bit of uh, Valheim, the video game, and I'll spend some extra time in the kitchen to cook myself a good meal and then uh, I'll hop into bed much earlier than the previous few days and I think that is going to be very beneficial for my overall peace of mind let's open these doors Oops, three locks and we're back all right thank you so much for listening and oh, we'll talk soon. Take care.